There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 8th of February 2010. For the newcomers out there, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and scroll down. You'll find all the other sites I have up there. Bookmark them for future use because sometimes the big ones do go down. And I do believe the way that uh, the various laws are being passed, a lot more will be going down in the near future. So if you bookmark these, you can always get the latest downloads for free. Now remember, there's cuttingthroughthematrix.com.net.us. There's Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca. There's cuttingthroughthematrix.ca as well. And there's also cuttingthrough.jenkness.com. The last one I have is Alan Watt, sentient, sentinel.eu. That's a European site, very good site. Uh, very reliable too uh, it has the same audios for downloads and you can also get a lot of transcripts uh, of talks I've given for prints up and choose from the various languages of Europe now, and sometimes it's a good idea if you find it, go to the com site and generally after the show everyone goes in at once uh, it can, you can do sticky downloads so spread them out into these other sites and it might uh, solve the problem and I always get my tin can out now and rattle it for you. It's, it's, the reason it's quiet is because there's nothing in it. But the fact is, I need you. You're the, you're the audience who brings me to you. I'm not backed by any sponsor. I'm not backed by any company selling anything. The ads on the show that you hear uh, are paid by the advertisers straight to RBN for the broadcast of this particular program. And I've got nothing at all to do with it. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so by going into cuttingthroughthematrix.com or the other sites I have. You can see what I have for sale. You can also donate. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, personal checks are good. You can also go to your post office in the U.S. and get an international postal money order. Stress, international. That's the pink global socialist one, not the green one. The green one's internal only. And stress is international and you can send that if you don't like using the banks. You can also use MoneyGram or Western Union or cash. Some people just send the cash and tell what your order is. Remember, too, you can also order through PayPal or donate through PayPal. If you want to order for something, just send a separate email to me along with the PayPal payments and I'll get it out to you. And for those who get the disc burned of all the talks I do, pass to them little meetings and so on who don't like using computers uh, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt site 41 box 4 Estere which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E Ontario Canada the postal code is P as in Peter number 3 E as in Elizabeth the number 4 N as in Nora and the number 1 P3E 4N1 and that about covers it but it is up to you don't wait for other people to 
to throw a few pennies this way. That way, no one does it. That's the nature of uh, humanity. That's the way it goes. Everything is, is supposed to be free these days, and there's a whole generation growing up thinking everything's free. They don't realize everything really is a trap to get more information from them. And with everything it's free to, you generally find the spins on things because people have a particular agenda. E even when they're disclosing uh, truthful information, it's how they spin it uh, that depends on who is backing them. And there's big organizations out there, there's world organizations, uh, spewing out information like you wouldn't believe with details on world events that you don't get access to. That's because they're well-organized, well-funded, and they work together with the big boys who run the foundations. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. It's quite interesting that um, so many things are going on at the same time today that you can't keep up with them. It's that there's too many things happening all together. But they all flow in one direction. All the things that you hear and see and they talk about all flow in one particular direction. And uh, they come together. It's quite amazing to see how a global, a planned global society can push part of a plan, wait for five years, push the envelope a bit further along the same direction, uh, wait another five years. Actually, it's getting shorter now. They can train us every year and update us every year or so. And they do the same with every other part of the, the global agenda. And yet most of us still think we're living uh, on the cutting edge of the information age where we know everything that's going on. Uh, we're always given reasons or excuses for things, but even the simplest person knows uh, there's something else behind what we're being told. And it's always been that way, to be honest with you. We are the last to know anything. The ordinary people are the last to know ever what's really, really happening. You generally have to wait 50 years if you can live that long, or even 100 sometimes, uh, because you can reclassify stuff uh, after this time for exposure is up for another 50 years or even 100 years. And that's what they actually do. Why would you have to classify certain information for 50 or 100 years from any population by its own government, supposedly? When supposedly, again, you're given the whole story at the time in the media, at least what you're supposed to believe for the, for the next 50 years to 100 years. We never get the truth. And it's the same with um, wars. <laughs> wars from the most ancient times have been economic wars, economic wars and power wars, power of very high people stemming originally generally from small families or clans who rose to the top by being utterly ruthless with everyone else around them and going off and conquering the next one. And after a few generations, they, they can run a country, basically. And from the countries they occupy, this happened in ancient times too, they then recruit millions of uh, troops, land troops, to go off and invade other countries. That's how big empires were actually made. And yet, in every generation, even in the conquered countries that were supplying troops, they would then see themselves as being, say, Roman, for instance, and have no contact with the generations before them who obviously were not Roman. 
because they were not brought up in that area. That's what empires are based on. And it's so strange that, for instance, you can take a country like uh, England uh, that eventually creates Britain and then the UK and goes off and conquers, we're told, three quarters of the world. And they took the taxpayers' money to fund those armies and equip those armies. And they were given pittances for paychecks. Uh, And behind them came... uh, the engineers, the army engineers who would build the bridges and the, and the train, lay the train tracks and so on. They'd often import people from India, even into Africa to lay the lines. And that was so commerce could, could flow because they wanted the resources of that country. And the resources were then owned by not the country. It was basically the country would spend the money to take care of it and police it and supply the military to defend it. But it was for private corporations, and nothing really, really has changed. Nothing at all has really, really changed. But we're, we're, we're led by the media to think we're on the cutting edge, and whatever they tell you is good enough at the time. And unfortunately, for most people, it is good enough at the time, and for the rest of their lives, very often. So this will tie in with some of the things I'm going to talk about tonight, but before I do, I'm going to mention that I'll put up a a couple of links here. And one was for the Environmental Modification Treaty uh, from the United Nations to show you at least how far back we can trace the original treaties. And this one, too, isn't the first one. It's in the 1970s. But it does mention that they've not to use the creation of hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, tsunamis, uh, droughts or floods on other countries. It doesn't say anything but not using it upon your own people. And I'll put that link up there. There's also a good video. I, I depend on people sending me videos because uh, ExploreNet has cut me back at least two-thirds of the speed because someone in a high place told them to do so. And I cannot download uh, even audios. It's that bad. So there's, there's a video that someone sent me called The Great Global Warming Swindle. came out about 2007. Uh, and there's a lot of people who worked at the IPCC for the United Nations who left it on this particular video. So they're all scientists themselves. These are not people saying uh, or answering the question, what do you believe about so-and-so? They're telling you what they know about it. And it's, it's very informative indeed. There's also another link to, to two other major scientists who debunk the whole theory of greenhouse gases and the greenhouse effect, in fact. I'll put that link up as well. Uh, and it's a PDF from that link. It takes you to their actual writings. You'll enjoy that going through it. It's kind of dry. It's quite long. But it, it really uses science to, to show and to prove. And that's what you're supposed to use science for. You don't go up to people and say, what do you believe? So I'll put those up there, and um, you can look at, into them. And anyone who's got any good videos out there at all, uh, please send them to me, because as I say, I cannot download uh, videos anymore, because I'm being, uh, I've been a bad boy, and governments have ways of phoning big corporations and using the old school tie. They say, uh, oh, John, why don't you uh, censor old what there? It's been a bit of a nuisance. 
and that's what they do. You know, they give you the runaround, give you a thousand excuses, but uh, you've been technically, they call it technical censorship. Actually, they alter your, the speed by technical means, so they call it technical censorship. And I've read the articles that the whole British Empire is actually doing this now. A few years ago, I used to have a lot of people in the Canadian government and bureaucrats who would, uh, during their breaks or their lunch hour, they would listen to some of the shows, they'd download some shows. Uh, same in the U.S., a lot of uh, governmental people, they, they all told me they can't get me anymore because the government literally put a block on me uh, for all government computers. So that was quite a few years ago. So they've been at this for a long, a long time, for those who really think they got free speech. Now, there's a movie called Gattaca. I've mentioned it quite a few times over the years. It's about an age, which is pretty well here, it's coming shortly, um, where genetic enhancement, meaning scientists intervene uh, between the sperm and the ovum and take out what they claim might be defective genes and basically put together the perfect uh, future world citizen to serve their system. And it creates a class system where people who are born, uh, conceived and born in the old-fashioned way are second-class citizens. All the good ones get the top jobs, space, exploration, high-paying, all that stuff. And so Gattaca ties in with this article here. It's from The Telegraph, and I think it's today's dates, the 8th. It says here, Gene test to be offered to couples planning children. Couples planning children uh, will be able to take a test to see if they are at risk of having a baby with a genetic disease. It has been reported. It says, um, The screening has prompted criticism in some quarters by medical professionals who argue it plays on parents' fears. And that's exactly what it's for, because it's like reading your hand. It's as much, it tells you as much as someone reading the palm of your hand. It says, and it's verging on eugenics. Well, it is eugenics, and that's the whole point of it. That's where it's supposed to go. They gave you the little test to get your own one done, remember? And they've done exposés on television on that, showing you it's all bunkum, because they really can't predict if you will or will not get this, that, or that, you know. It says here, the saliva test involving samples taken from each uh, prospective parent would discover if either was carrying a genetic mutation, which could lead to cystic fibrosis, spinal muscular atrophy, or sickle cell anemia. Couples will be able to pay £700, that's a lot of money, for the test at the Bridge Fertility Clinic in London. Everything starts in London, and you know, it's just quite amazing. But then again, that's, uh, that's a flagship for the world, isn't it? That's what they said uh, at the Fabian Society, that's what they said at the Royal Institute of International Affairs, that br- the British system, the British Empire, would be the nucleus of the system that the whole world was to get built upon. And that was taken up by the CFR. But uh, it's an interesting article. It says the clinic says it will only offer the screening alongside counselling, but the US company which developed the test plans to sell it online without medical advice, according to the Times. The screening has prompted criticism some quarters because they say, yeah, verges on eugenics. If the results show both parents carry recessive genes which could lead I love, how, I love the coulds and maybes lead to a disease. Parents uh, could have could choose to have in vitro fertilization. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And then screen their embryos to ensure healthy ones are implanted in the womb. And I wonder too, when they take ones out, which ones are putting back in there to get the perfect obedient citizen. So they could also opt for genetic testing during pregnancy, sperm donation or adoption to prevent giving birth to a child with a genetic condition. 
So we're going to the, the handmaid's tale as well there, obviously. People with a history of conditions such as cystic fibrosis can already be screened on the National Health Service. The new test developed by Consul checks for numerous conditions and would be available to the wider population and not just high-risk groups. So the usual, usual stuff. All oh, couples have a fundamental right to know their carrier status. This is the people who are selling it, right? And to make reproductive decisions on the basis of that status without outside interference. They use all the scary stuff and uh, your rights and blah, blah, blah to sell their whole gimmickry here because that's where it really is right now. It's, it's gimmickry. They can't really tell which gene is going to line up with what other gene and the other person. It's like reading the palm of your hand. But people will go for it. People will go for it. Anything to do with genetics. Now, science is good, you know. Cutting-edge science is fantastic. We've all got to get cutting-edge science. It's just good for us, you know. It's for our benefit, too. That's how it's sold. That's how it's sold. So it will take off like crazy. And we're going into this incredible big brother phase uh, all with also Big Nanny coupled with it, Big Nanny and Big Brother, a nanny state where governments through various enforcement agencies and uh, right through the, the educational system um, are really becoming the police uh, over our thoughts and our actions and all the rest of it. And they're, they're training us, Pavlovian style, uh, to, to simply obey by automatic uh, conditioned response. And things get sillier and sillier and sillier. This article here was from New York. A Queen's student arrested for doodling on desk. This is Queen's. A New York City junior high student has been arrested for doodling on her desk with a marker. 12-year-old Alexa Gonzalez scribbled, Lex was here. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Lex was here. Oh. And then the date. On her desk, Monday at junior high school, 190 in Queens. She also wrote, I love my friends, Abby and Faith. The girl says the doodles could have been erased. It's an erasable marker. Marima uh, Carnacho says her daughter was released several hours after she was taken in handcuffs <laughs> to a police station. Is this a society that you're all paying your taxes for? Is it? Is it? What are these teachers these days? What are they? Yeah. Where, what, what sadomasochistic, um, college these people get selected from to train? Can you believe that? Since the education department spokesman, which means spokesman against PR specialist David Cancer says the incident shouldn't have happened and that common sense should prevail. Well, it should isn't good enough, is it? Last month, the New York Civil Liberties Union filed a lawsuit alleging more than 20 instances of wrongful arrests and assaults by school safety officers. See, once you start getting all these safety, they've got to make work for themselves. They can't put in nothing reports, blank reports, nothing happened, nothing happened. Wherever a government or any agency creates another agency, they've got to start producing. Same with the police. You put them on the roads, they've got to start handing out tickets. Then they get quotas. That's how it works. It says, Gonzalez has been assigned eight hours of community service, a book report, and an essay on what she's learned from the experience. She could write a darn good novel on that, uh, labelled under horror, you know. 
But that's the sort of thing that's happening. I thought these things were really happening more in Britain. It starts it all first, you see, and then everybody else copies. But it's actually worse than that, you know. There's another article here with a little boy, uh, Patrick. It says, Laura Timoni, uh, Timoni fumes after son Patrick, nine, is busted for bringing a two-inch plastic. It's a plastic toy, probably a little yellow or red thing, toy gun to PS-52. And uh, this article here, uh, I'll put this on my site too. I can't find it. My Daily News, it came from, mydailynews.com. And it says, um, Patrick Timoni, nine, uh, shows him with a little plastic gun, barely two inches long, that nearly got him suspended after the PS52 principal, Evelyn uh, Mastroni, uh, took action. It says, an irate Staten Island mum blasted a grade school principal Wednesday for treating her son like a pink-sized plexico Burris after he brought a two-inch toy plastic gun to school. The principal is a bully and a coward and needs to be held accountable, said Laura Timoney, 544, after her, twen- her teary fourth grader <laughs> was nearly suspended for playing with the tiny toy at lunch. The school should be embarrassed. This is a common-sense issue. See, what you're also seeing, you've got to understand how academia trains teachers. Remember, academia is a big arm now of government. It has been since really the beginning of World War II. And I actually have the papers and documents uh, from big think tanks who discuss this using universities as a training tool for social change and for social indoctrination. And that's what they've been doing for a long time. And so have the primary schools as well. But the teachers go into these universities to get a further conditioning into it. And they themselves, when they see anything at all to do with a plastic gun, uh, have a Pavlovian freak-out response. That's how they're trained. And this is what they go and do about it. This is the sort of thick little plastic toy you get out of a lucky bag in candies, you know. But this is the sort of thing. Now, this could also get people killed. Supposing that freaked-out teacher did have a firearm, and they see something that looks like something that they've been... It's like it's like burned with a poker into their brain, Pavlovian style, guns bad, guns bad, guns... They could have shot the, the child. And I'm not kidding about that. It's just... Uh, t- uh, Patrick Nine was terrified when he was yanked into the principal's office to discuss the teeny weeny plastic weapon. The gun was so little, the boy said, I don't understand why the principal got so upset. I was a little nervous. They made me sign a statement. <laughs> Patrick and a friend were playing with Lego figures in the school cafeteria on Tuesday when he pulled out uh, the fake machine gun and stuck it in the hands of his pl- pl- plastic police officer. It's a, no, two inch, a two-inch machine gun, eh? Boom. Trouble ensued with Patrick's mum getting a phone call from the school, from the, from the principal and so on, saying her son had somehow gone from straight A's to the NRA. <laughs> I was in disbelief and the still-fuming mother said, why didn't anyone step up with an ounce of common sense and put an end to the harassment of my child. Well, these stories are just like avalanching today. They come out an avalanche. You can't keep up with it. There's too much. Too much. It's happening all over the place, in different countries too. 
And for those in the States that really don't get it yet that their country is rapidly changing to catch up with the rest that's already been completely socialized, remember the new system that we have to live in is a communist blend, uh, a collectivist communist blend with the big corporate, uh, big boys and their corporations where capitalism comes together with it and it's, you have, the system is not quite communist and not quite capitalist. It's actually socialist. That's what Lenin talks about when he said the state would wither away. He also meant that the state would wither away because through international treaties, through a central body, eventually people would give up every last vestige of their sovereignty. And that's what's happened over the many, many years since the United Nations has been set up. But here's some of the freedoms that, um, you do have in America, even though they're coming down, and I heard uh, Hillary Clinton on a newscast once talking about she wanted to end homeschooling. Uh, they, they really came down in, with, in all over Europe, and the Italian prime minister said the reason was, he says he was banning it, was because he wants every child to have the same, and the word in the newspaper was indoctrination. Same indoctrination. This article here is from The Telegraph, the 8th uh, of February. German ho- homeschoolers... Uh, seek uh, political asylum in America. Now, who, who would have thunk, eh? Who would have thunk that, that people would have to run to the States to get away from Europe? But it says, uh, the case of the homeschooling couple from Germany who were granted political asylum in the United States, about which Ed West blogged recently, becomes even more interesting if one reads the remarks of the man who granted the Romekis asylum. The name is Romickey's. Uh, immigration Judge Lawrence o-, o. Berman of Memphis, Tennessee said this. Said, Berman says, we can't expect every country to follow our constitution. The world might be a better place if it did. However, the rights being violated here are basic human rights that no country has a right to violate. What's happening in the U.S. and a lot of states. He observed homeschoolers are a particular social group that the German government is trying to suppress. The family has a well-founded fear of persecution, therefore they are eligible for asylum. These last remarks might have been uttered in 1933. Do we truly realize the significance of what has happened? Do we understand that as citizens of the European Union, this is a British paper, remember, we now belong to a totalitarian state from which fleeing citizens are being granted political asylum in the United States. Twenty years after the fall of the Berlin Wall, Tyranny is back in business in Germany. Judge Berman added that the scariest thing about this case was the motivation of the German government. He said that, rather than being concerned with the welfare of the children, it was trying to stamp out parallel societies. That's exactly right. He's spot on there. Any other way of living, you see, and getting the same or better results than the government's doing themselves. They'll have, see, see, totalitarian government could have no competition. You understand that? They'll obviously, we shall all be one. There'll be one world government and one system. And every part of its laws, there'll be one law for each thing. And every country across the entire planet will have to follow it ruthlessly. Parallel societies have to be stamped out. Making his court order, the judge voice concern that Although Germany was a democratic country and an ally, the policy of persecuting homeschoolers was repellent to everything we believe as Americans. That offers a useful insight into how Americans living in a free country view the creeping totalitarianism that has engulfed Europe. 
And it is. Even politicians inside the EU Parliament have said this is a new Soviet state. It's actually worse. For this is not just a German issue. We are all helots under state control. Why did the German homeschoolers not seek political asylum in Britain? Because our rulers subscribed to the same tyrannical statist philosophy is the answer. They've signed away all their sovereignty into the European Union. They take orders from the EU Parliament. Every possible obstacle is put in the way of homeschooling parents in Britain. And they're really persecuting them there under the same laws as Germany. The mentality is that the state, not parents, is the natural controller and shaper of children's lives and beliefs. That was all through UNESCO, United Nations. When a schoolgirl can be given an abortion without her parents' knowledge, we know that while public utilities may have been privatized, children... um, uh, children have be, children have been nationalized. They've privatized utilities, but they've also nationalized the whole the whole the children. The Romikis who fled from Germany objected to their children being forced to follow a curriculum that they believed was anti-Christian. Well, the the, the you got to read the Constitution uh, they've got up there at the EU to see that it's it's said right in it that it's it's following no. The only religion it's following is secular humanism. They will, they will stand no competition, no parallel system, parallel belief. The same would apply in British state schools where pornographic sex education is increasingly being made compulsory. Is that a new idea? Not at all. It was first implemented as government policy in 1919 during the short-lived communist dictatorship of Bela Kun in Hungary. Back with more after this break. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. I thought I'd let the guitar wail a bit there because you feel like wailing when you read this kind of stuff and you know what's happening in the world and you know why it's happening and most of the public don't know why it's happening. Under the laws of the child, uh, the UN basically stripped away the rights of the parents. That's That's a good part of what's happening here. And if you homeschool, they'll claim from the major schools that will stand no competition, obviously. Uh, that you're you're not socialising your child. I don't know, you know, when you went to school in Britain, it was the roughest place you could possibly get thrown into. Because if you couldn't fight your way out, you'd be you'd, you'd be stamped under. That's how bad. That's what they call socialising. To be honest with you, it was it was pretty rough. But no, they want everybody to to go under the the one indoctrination system. And this particular. Uh, journalist here is, is bang on with it. It's not often you get people who are bang on and he ties in the communist thing. And he's right because you've got to look at the symptoms of a disease. And I'll tell you, when they keep adding up and adding up, you're right on track. And it's merged. It has merged. It was the big bankers who funded communism. The big boys who started up the biggest corporations, international corporations, who funded communism for the collectivist end product, which we're going right into now. 
and he, he says, this, is this a new idea? This is about the, the, the sex education, which really is teaching them to be active sexually uh, and to pre-puberty. Uh, again, Huxley even had that in Brave New World in the book version. And it's here. He says, is that a new idea? Not at all. It was first implemented as a government policy. That's getting the children really involved in sex pre-puberty. In 1919, during the short-lived communist dictatorship of Belakun in Hungary, when George Lukacs, as deputy commissar for culture, enforced his system of cultural terrorism, force-feeding children pornographic sex education, teaching them to laugh at their parents and at monogamy. That's exactly in 1984 again, isn't it? And to reject the, the, the family and religion. It's, it's, it's in Brave New World, I should say. Lukacs was a founder of the Frankfurt School of Marxism. Now, all these boys in the Frankfurt School came across to Britain and the U.S. They wrote lots of books, like Theo Adorno, who was right in there with music too, and the musicians, and Frank Zapp, and all these boys were all involved with the Frankfurt School. It's later popularized by Herbert Marcuse, whose demented notions are today called political correctness and as such have colonized Western governments. It takes the fortnight, the forthright remarks of an American judge. It's true, isn't it? It takes the forthright remarks of an, one American judge in a country where the culture war has not yet been lost. I don't know. To bring home to us in Europe that we already inhabit the gulag. The Berlin Wall did not fall. It was just moved further west. And it's bang on because that comes out of the speech that Gorbachev gave when he was president of the Soviet Union, and he gave it to the Politburo. Do a search for Eric Margolis. He was the, the correspondent for the Toronto Sun at the time, and he put the speech in the newspaper, and Gorbachev said to them, he says, "Don't you'll hear that communism is dead. Don't believe it. He says, we're moving out into the next phase. And this is all here. That's all tying together if you wonder what's really happening in the world around you. Now, Years ago, when Margaret Thatcher was in, there was an article came in the paper but once and really got no comment because it was too stunning to even believe. But it was to do with the island of Skye off of Scotland, off the coast of Scotland. Supposedly part of Scotland, you see, always had been, and thousands of people lived there and, and all the rest of it, but had been sold off by the British government uh, to a multi-billionaire from Holland at the time. And everyone, well, the one, in a, well, I shouldn't say everyone, a few people who thought at the time scratched their heads and says, how can a government sell off part of what's supposed to belong to the people? You see? And that obviously meant with all the the lands and the houses sitting on it, somebody was going to pay tribute, which is just taxes to some new master. And it was not an April's Fool's joke either, because when Maggie Thatcher was in, and because of the, all the other governments before her and during her time, the International Monetary Fund came in. And the World Bank and a whole bunch is involved. When the IMF comes in, they start running your economy. They'll say, what, you must cut back on health care, this, that, and the other, in order to pay what you owe. And they always slash health care first, by the way. And uh, then they go into other areas of social welfare. But part of it is land for debt swaps. Something everyone should look into. Land for debt swaps came out again from the United Nations. And I thought, this was, here again, it's not April the 1st, but this is from the Mail Online. 
the February the 8th. The White Cliffs of Dover, everyone knows the song. It was made popular as a propaganda song in World War II. The White Cliffs of Dover to be sold to the French government to help reduce government's debt, the British government's debt, by Vanessa Allen. For generations, Dover has stood as an indomitable symbol of Britain's freedom and independence. The town with its white cliffs, ports and sprawling castle stood at the very edge of the nation's frontier with the continent. But now part of that proud history is up for sale and the leading bidder is revealed as a former age-old enemy, France. Well, France really was never an enemy of Britain. It was just the kings who were always cousins that were fighting each other. The port of Dover is being recommended by government advisers for sale to the French authorities. It's one of a string of public assets. Do you understand that everywhere, even the town in which you might live, is a public asset? You see, there are many sets of books. The public never get to know the truth of what a country even is. It's a corporation. And then this title is subdivided down to the local level corporations. Even your police forces are corporations. They're not in the blue pages where government things would be. They're in where the commerce is. So here it says, in a string of public assets which have been earmarked for privatization as the government battles with a record £830 billion national debt. Thanks, Tony Blair. The proposal for the port has prompted outrage. Prospective uh, Tory MP for Dover, Charles Elpick, said, It's a clear Gordon Brown that's the new Prime Minister has no sense of the history of our nation or the pride of our town. Well, believe you me, Gordon Brown knows exactly what's going on, and so did all the predecessors as well, because they had meetings when they were doing the GATT Treaty at the time, the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs, that had meetings in France to do with another aspect, and that was the ability for corporations, private corporations, to come into any country and literally buy up the land for their factories or their plants or whatever else they were doing. And there's only one documentary ever made, and even that was very shallow because they weren't allowing the public in, and that was by the CBC in Canada. I think the rest of the world didn't even know what was happening. And Canada, the U.S., and all the different representatives were there. They'd been working on it for four or five years, and no one was told except through that one little documentary that came out that this was the plans, this part of the plan for the future. So it says, um, how dare you consider selling it all uh, to the French? Dover is the English border. The people of Dover have a clear message for him. Hands off the port, blah, 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 blah. So that's a politician speaking. And all oppositions would say the same thing. A sale of the port of Dover, Europe's busiest ferry port, could net up £350 million for the Treasury. Its harbour board applied to the Transport Secretary for voluntary privatisation last month. The sale is expected to be rubber-stamped, and the leading bidder has emerged as Nord Pas de Calais, a regional council, which also owns Cal- uh, uh, Calais. <laughs> so they're the only all the ports across the planet. The French port is just 21 miles away across the channel, and the sale would make a dramatic reversal in the fortunes of the two towns. So, see, we're all getting bought and sold, and folk don't even know we're getting bought and sold, folks. Bought and sold, and the land that you sit on. Because, you see, they must destroy, and this is the time for it, any remnants of nation-statehood. Nation-statehood. For a global society of interdependence. 
as I say, we never know what's really going on. Little articles come out. They're never given much credence or even publicity uh, by the people who should make us think about it. Here's another article here about, I mean, here we live in a world, and they keep prattling on about this word democracy. We've never had, no nation's ever had democracy. It's a myth. It's an utter myth. As I say, when you realize that uh, there are parts of Canada that are technically owned still by the Grosvenor family and the Mansfield family and all these big uh, families that came from the Norman descendancy, Still owned. There are parts of the states that technically are still under their dominion yet. Because they had the charters from the king long before the revolution. Never been changed. And under law, everything reverts back to the original title holder if they so claim it. Americans don't know that a good part of the proportion, actually, in fact, most of their income taxes go straight through a system to the British crown and, and via other places from there. We're mushrooms. We're kept in the dark and we're fed fecal matter. But here's an article here. Secret summer, uh, summits of top bankers. This is like the 21st century. When we're supposedly sending troops across the world to bring in democracy, to free these primitive peoples and get rid of their ancient, crazy, silly beliefs and bring in secular humanism and all that stuff. And we'll be one happy, happy family. Of slaves. Secret summit of top bankers, that's from news.com.au, Australia. The world's top central bankers began arriving in Australia yesterday as renewed fears about the strength of the global economic recovery gripped world share markets. Representatives from 24 central banks and monetary authorities, including the US Federal Reserve and European Central Bank, landed in Sydney to meet tomorrow, so it's already done, at a secret location, the Herald Sun reports. Organized by the Bank for International Settlements last year, here I go again, the Bank for International Settlements. The two-day talks are shrouded in secrecy with high-level security, believed to have been invoked by law enforcement agencies. Speculation that the chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Dr. Ben Bernanke, would make an appearance could not be confirmed last night, so that means he was there. The event will be dominated by Asian uh, delegations and is expected to include governors of the People's Bank of China, the Bank of Japan, and the Reserve Bank of India. The arrival of the high-powered gathering coincided with a fresh meltdown on world share markets sparked by renewed concerns about global growth and sovereign debt. Sovereign debt, that's what they're using for selling off parts of Britain. Fears uh, countries, including Greece, Portugal, Spain and Dubai, could default on debt repayments combined with disappointing U.S. jobs data to spook investors. Australia's ASX 200 slumped 2.4% to a lowest, its lowest close since November the 5th, echoing a sharp fall on Wall Street. Asian share markets were also pummeled with Japan's Nike 225 down almost 3% and Hong Kong's Hang Seng, uh, Seng slumping 3.3%. Since the damage was also being felt by European markets last night with London's and it goes on about the usual stuff that we don't even understand with Dow Jones and blah 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 and all that stuff we're not meant to understand because it's all nonsense anyway. Back after this break.
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Now I think Sean called back. I mean, I can hear me now, so are you there, Sean? Yes, I am. How are you tonight? Not so bad, not so bad. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, you were just uh, speaking of the great con, money, mm-hmm. and uh, how we're bought and sold every day, and how the surfs go with the land and all those sorts of things, and pretty interesting fact, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people are, are get real concerned about the $13 trillion national debt of the U.S., you know, but that's only part of it, and it's, it's one of the smallest parts mm-hmm. of, the, of the debt of the U.S., which is actually approaching, uh, uh, it's over $50 trillion. Yeah. Double the national debt of the U.S. is twenty is twenty six trillion, and that's bond debt, and that's uh, uh, you know those are municipal bonds that mm-hmm. that people you know that cities you know sell to, to to large players that we never hear about. We never hear about them. Yeah. That we you know you know their own whole regions of the country, but mm-hmm. but anyway, I'll, I'll try to be succinct here and and uh, and. Uh, you know, you were talking about indoctrin- indoctrination with the schooling system, and I mean, and those 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 articles that you read. I mean, it just reality is getting stranger and stranger, and more stranger than fiction every day. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And and I think the indoctrination with this uh, digital TV age, digital uh, you know iPod uh, system, and mm-hmm. everything turning digital. Yeah. And, and and you've talked about all you know flicker rates, the design at MIT, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can see people that actually you know that watch several hours of TV a day. I mean, they they're gone. Yeah, they are literally goners living in a different different reality than I definitely am. They are hypnotized. There's no doubt about it. They're they're deliberately hypnotized and downloaded uh, with messages all the time. And these uh, particular little slogans, little things they keep repeating in their conversations uh, to their friends come from television and they get, they're downloaded right into them. They're actually formulated in between all the other words so that you'll tune out the other words and you'll hear the little slogans and catchphrases and so on and go green and all that stuff and you just parrot them in your conversations. It's a simple technique, but it's extremely effective. Programming. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, and it's just incredible. You know, as I've gotten further into the and decoding of words and and sounds and those sorts of things, mm-hmm. and and how they affect the brain and how they how they they really direct your thoughts. Yes, but without even knowing it, you know. Right. And most people, most people truly, as Brzezinski said back in his in the seventies, is they'll be unable to think or reason for themselves. All they'll be able to do is talk about the topics they got from yesterday's media, from the from the television. That's happened. That has happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the other things, you know, like I said, as I've gotten these codings, you know, I hear a new word. Mm-hmm. I, I carry around an unabridged dictionary in my in my pickup with yeah. me all the time. Yeah. You know, but but not only that. Literally, when I hear a word, it almost explodes into pieces, and I see the individual letters, and I, I can start, mm-hmm. you know, putting the the the, the 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 prefix and the suffixes and all these things together, and yeah. it's really a neat. Uh, it's a whole science. It, absolutely, it's a whole science. You see, it isn't just communication. It's, it's the masters of communication gave it to us. And they use it to its fullest extent, and, and the public are oblivious to it. But thanks for calling. That's the music coming in now. Yeah, thank you. 
and uh, be back tomorrow night. Uh, so from Hamish, myself, and Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>